Hello again. Welcome to Spotlight, a ray of creative hope in the darkest months. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we catch up with local author Rob Cowley as he brings out the latest publication in his Manx Bedtime Stories project with a fantastic new talent doing the artwork. And speak to the director of a poignantive, uplifting work receiving its Alabama premiere at Balakameen Studio Theatre. As always, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to, indeed, put in that spotlight, the spotlight, this spotlight, be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime, anything in between or in addition to. Spotlight at maxradio.com or Howard Kane at maxradio.com, E on the Kane. We are getting a few of you making use of this, but more would, of course, be wonderful. The more people we have getting in touch about their artistic endeavours, the more interesting the programme will be. So, if you listen to 1 to 3 with Christy D, if not, why not, or its predecessor, Late Lunch, you will almost certainly have heard of the accidental author, Rob Cowley, a retired teacher, started making up stories for his grandchildren, just for the hell of it, I think, but is now releasing his third book in what has become an ongoing series of children's bedtime stories, all raising money for great causes. Following on from Red, a Manx dragon called Rufus, Pink, The Adventures of a Manx Fairy which raised funds, of course, for breast cancer, now Isle of Man. Now we have Blue, a Manx fire engine called Walter. Illustrations done by the uber-talented young artist, 14-year-old Greer Smith. And as ever, proceeds going towards charity, raising a target of £1,000 for the Age Concern Hardship Fund to help the elderly on the island. Well, Greer and Rob called in to tell me a little bit more. I asked Rob, how did it all start? It started with a, an accidental book. In fact, uh, Manx Radio nicknamed me the accidental author at the time when I wrote a book with my grandson, uh, Ryan, and called No Entry that raised £1,000 for, for Autism in Man, um, which was lovely and that should have been the end of it. But then uh, COVID came and we had lockdown and my wife and granddaughter missed each other so much because they couldn't be together across the water. And so I wrote another book called Pink, The Adventures of a Manx Fairy, um, which obviously being pink was for breast cancer, raised a thousand pounds of breast cancer. And then I had to admit that I was enjoying the process. <laughs> um, and so the one thing I hadn't done was try and write a book for the general public. So I wrote Red, which was a, a Manx dragon called Rufus, which uh, raised a thousand pounds for our Listen, the mental health charity on the island. And that went down well and it's been used in our primary schools, uh, which was, as an ex-school Amazing. teacher, really nice. Um, and I, I then decided, in fact, you mentioned on one of your programmes it could become a rainbow set of books. Um, so the next story was Blue. And uh, because Carmen, who'd illustrated the other books, was doing her GCSEs and getting ready for college... I went to my old head of department, Stuart Mason, at uh, St Ninian's and said, have you got a talented young artist for me? And he came up with Greer. Oh, so that's where you come in, Greer, then. Yeah. So what, what was your sort of a brief, as it were, when you, what were you actually asked to do? Um, well, my art teacher, uh, he came up to me one day and he said, listen, 
there's an author looking for a talented artist and like maybe you should have a go at it sign up like send me some of your pictures and I did that <laughs> and um a few days later or so he was like hey you're illustrating a book now and I was like wow <laughs> You've got the job. Yeah. Wow. That's fa- I mean, what a fantastic thing to have to suddenly be in print and being illustrated. Is this something you've been thinking about for a while? Have you, or are you hoping maybe to get into illustration or something to that with your art? Yeah. Um, ever since, like, I was young, I'd, I'd always wanted to, like, follow a career path in, like, art. And I thought maybe, like, illustrating books, like, seems very nice. And so when it comes to illustrating, because it's a real skill, obviously you have to have the artistic skill, but then you've got to have the imagination and be able to communicate with the author. So when you were talking to Rob and thinking about it, did you have discussions about right what the story was, what the characters were, what sort of images you were going to come up with? Yeah, um, loads. It came around to, to the fact that I would do some very bad sketches yep. and pass <laughs> them on to Greer, who would make them into lovely pictures. Um, and it, it, it worked very well as a partnership. And we've come up with with a book now that is really, I think, excellent. So this is Blue Walter, the Royal Fire Engine. What's the sort of the basis behind this one? Because they've all been slightly different as we go through the colours of the rainbow, as you say. So obviously, here's a fire engine. What else can you tell us? Well, the, the, all the books have a theme running through them. So with Red, it was about um, individuality, finding your own voice in the world and acceptance. Uh, Blue is is not an autobiography, but it's about an old fire engine that's been forgotten about in a shed that's found by a little elf who gets him working and he goes out into the Magic Kingdom, solves a big problem. And the theme of it really is is respecting the elderly in our community. So with age comes wisdom. Absolutely. I like to think so. And uh, (laughs) and that is the the theme that runs through this book. And and hopefully um, it's raising money for Age Concerned Hardship Fund. Um, I think the elderly on the island are going to have a very difficult winter. So if we can raise £1,000 through the sale of this book, um, I'm sure that will help. And so did you have, getting back to working with Greer, because you were saying you, you'd rough out a few sketches, did you have in your mind's eye, Rob, then an idea of what you wanted Walter to look like, or did you sort of leave it to Greer to, to come up with her own artistic inter- interpretation? Um, a, a bit of both again. Yeah. I had I had an idea of an old fire engine, um, which I, I sent, but really it, it's down to Greer. She's not, she wasn't happy at drawing fire engines to start with. It wasn't her, <laughs> her particular genre, yeah. but uh, she has done incredibly well. And as the illustrations through the book uh, get better and better, and better. They are fantastic. So, d- did you have a view then, uh, Greer, of what you saw? Because uh, they're fantastic illustrations. I've had a look at a few, and they're sort of quite manga esque. Are you sort of coming from a sort of manga background, or is that the sort of stuff you like? Um, yeah, a bit. I had to like look on like for inspiration because fire engines or like cars in general not really my strong point so (laughs) yeah what Uh, what is the thing i mean if you're on your own what's what's your favorite thing if you're doing your own art what is the sort of stuff that inspires you and your art um i usually like to make my own characters and like my own little backstories for them uh, that that's pretty much it, really. Right. And <laughs> what sort of more. medium do you normally work in? Mixed media, or with with crayon, or with pencil, or watercolors, or what you work in, or just on screen, or on, on digital? Um, if I'm doing something like a big project, it'll usually be digital. But if I want to just like sketch uh, for fun, then it'll be it'll be like pencil and paper, and that's it. Okay, really. that's what blew me away to start with, because Mr. Mason invited me in and showed me these these digital pictures that Greer was doing 
already in year nine, so now year 10. Um, and that's, that just showed me that the, the skill was there, the, the medium was, was the right medium for, for the books that I'm doing. Um, it was just about her adapting towards the, the storyline that uh, was in the book. It is. They're an incredible series uh, going on, and of course, it's always raising money, as you say, for good yes. for good concerns, which is the even more amazing thing about it. Is it carrying on? I mean, we're up to blue now. Where, where oh, do we go from oh, here? Oh yes, uh, it's become very nice because I I get to meet some lovely people as I go around talking about the books, particularly with the WI, have been great. Uh, we've got a couple of people now who I call my my fairy godmothers who help with the the project in the background. And uh, 2023 is already planned. Wow, that's quick. So the, the, the next book in the series is Green, which is about a short-sighted dinosaur called Donk. And that's actually going to be for Sight Matters. And I've already been up and talked with Ian up at, uh, at Sight Matters. And uh, I'm recording these books on his uh, audio library. So that's already planned. And Carmen's doing that book again because she's now settled in college. Wow. So she's able to find the time now to do some illustrating. And then Greer comes back in with Yellow, which is about a circus elephant called Gertrude. And that's all about the importance of friendships. Wow. And these are all, I think, good messages for that 10 minutes of reading to your little ones just before bedtime. And, and I think if you can just sow a seed exactly. in that lovely, lovely time, uh, you never know. Uh, and, uh, and that's the theme for 2023, two more books. And uh, if anyone wants to help sponsor, they're very welcome. Just get in touch with me and we'll uh, add you to the family of the, the Manx Bedtime Stories project. project. And, and there's a link to Just Giving, I think, on this one. Is that right? No, the Just Giving bit we tried out last year, last year as, as a, a possible way of raising funds. It didn't catch. Okay. So I've closed that down. Right. In fact, it's just the lovely Manx people who generally help and support when you meet them. Um, we did the, the, the Royal Show. And that proved to be quite uh, a good source um, of sales. And, and generally the, the WI and the local bookshops, and I have to give a shout out to ShopRite because they have been very supportive with all the books. So as of the 14th of November, you can find Blue next to their checkout counters and every penny will go into the Age Concern Hardship Fund. So it's, it's a win-win for me. Fantastic. And any other outlets you can pick up blue if you're looking for blue, maybe for um, yeah, a little one for this Christmas coming up, of course. Yes. Well, the, the we in the local uh, bookshops, mm -hmm. um, Manx Heritage have been very good. They've had red and pink now, and I'm sure they'll, they'll twist their arm and they'll have blue in their museums. Um, you can actually buy them online as well. From If you have people across, they can go online to bunchcreative.im, um, straight to the publisher, and I get the orders and post them out. And they all get signed as well, which is nice. Even better. And Gray, yeah, so you're already signed up for one after next, is it? Yeah. So, yeah, do, do you have early thoughts? Or is that sort of on the back burner for the time being? Um, I try try and think about it as much as I can, just to, like, a head start uh, so I know what I'm doing this time. <laughs> <laughs> and any any other projects of your own? Do you have any projects you work on yourself? Um, not Not particularly, but I get the occasional like i i want to do some drawing i want to create something big and yeah. then that's when i'd hop on my ipad and draw just draw something just that comes to mind and try and make it as good looking as i can absolutely and this is just a fantastic launch pad i'm sure it's going to be a wonderful launch pad as, as a career going to illustration that would be 
would that be the dream to become a full-time illustrator? It would, yeah, I'd love that. I can see it happening already. Talking about launches, the book is going to be launched Great. at the Douglas Family Library on Saturday the 12th of November Lovely. at 10am. Will you both be there? Oh yes, we'll be there. We'll be uh, signing copies and uh, hopefully they'll crisp you down for a, a photograph. Age Concern are going to be there. And there may even be a fire engine. Sue is a lovely person who runs the, the library and she's going to try very hard to get a fire engine there if it's not busy doing something else. Um, and I must just give a couple more shout-outs, if you don't mind. Because, I mean, Paul at the, the car shop is going to try and put a book in every primary school. And that's just a great thing to do. Um, all this came around because of the support of the Arts Council. Uh, they gave me a, a leg up to get this project going and... I think we, we need to be thankful of having an Arts Council on the Isle of Man that can Indeed. help these sort of projects. So all in all, it's, it really has been uh, wonderful. And a third cog of the wheel is Phoebe at Bunch Creative. She's a graphic designer who puts the design of the books together and she's just so talented as well. So I'm really lucky. I just write the story and then these lovely ladies take over <laughs> and make it into something wonderful. That launch date again, Saturday the 12th of November, Family Library in Douglas between 10am and 2pm. Stay tuned to hear more, no doubt, next year about Rob's ongoing series. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, the ever-busy Lisa Kreisky is hard at it. Nothing new there, I hear you say. With the company she co-runs with bestie Christine Sutcliffe, Stage Door Entertainment, there's some something rather different. They like something rather different there, you know. Elegies for Punks and Raging Queens will receive its Isle of Man premiere, to the best of my knowledge at least. Shout at me if I've got that wrong. At Balakameen Studio Theatre between the 24th and 26th of November. It's a great title for a poignant piece, but is it play, review, musical, or all three? A question I put to Lisa when she flew in, almost literally... It was a very blustery day to the Spotlight Studio. We played this dive in the village Somewhere on the edge During the breaks I'd hang out Well, it's a little bit of everything, really. It's, um, it's predominantly a musical. It is uh, the story is inspired by the um, named memorial quilt, which was a um, commemorative art installation to um, honour the people who had died of uh, during sorry during the AIDS epidemic of the 1980s um, and it was a, a quilt so there are lots of different panels made by um, the deceased loved ones each of our characters in our show is um, based upon one of the panels of this quilt because each of the panels um, sort of memorialises mm -hmm somebody who who has died now that sounds very sort of um downbeat and depressing doesn't it but the um the music is just awe-inspiring it's beautiful it's jazz it's blues it's a little bit of pop um there are obviously some incredibly tragic stories in in the play but there's also some really uplifting really inspiring stories as well and there are some characters who the best way i can describe them is just <laughs> laugh out loud characters who you would see in you know one of the big musicals that you see at the Gaiety mm. Theatre it really is um, a massively diverse array of of characters and of actors in it what drew you to the play in the first place then was, was it the actual topic or was it something had you seen it before or heard of it before well for me I personally did the show when I was living in the UK 
um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I love the fact that there was such a big cast and each person got to do some real, as we say, proper acting, you know. Um, they're only given a little bit of information about each of the characters in their short little monologue. So it gives the opportunity for the actor to really get down into the nitty gritty, make up their own backstory um, and really be inspired and challenged by what's there on the page. And is it, as you say, or hinted at there, pretty sizable cast? It is. It's a cast of over 36 people, each with their own individual storyline and their own journey, um, all local people. Uh, which we're really, really excited about. There are some people who we've worked with before, some people who we never even heard of before we cast this show. And oh, I saw something on Facebook saying it's a who's who of Manx theatre talent. Well, that is um, not my words, but a very, very kind way of putting it. It is. It's, Minus me, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we're really so fortunate that so many people have have wanted to work with us. You know, we've got the beautiful Vida La Fierce, the infamous Manx drag queen. Yeah, brilliant. We've got, um, you know, Mike Bonner, who obviously we've worked with loads and loads of different times. Uh, we've got some new people that are up and coming. We've got um, Casey Crane, who was who just played Kanicki in Greece, but he'd never had a principal role before that. Who else have we got? Oh, we've got Owen Atkinson, who is the Manx bard, who uh, may be playing a character that you've never seen him play before. You know, we're used to seeing um, him as his drag persona, Fenella Beach. We've got people from arts backgrounds. We've got sort of um, executive level people who are from big corporations who you know, want to try their hand at a bit of acting. So it really is. It's got something for everybody. It's got poetry. It's got beautiful music. It's got great characters. Directorial challenges then, I assume, then, with such a uh, varied and uh, sizable cast. Well, for me, as as the director, um, it's I've given myself a bit of an extra challenge, really, um, because we have been... We've been rehearsing everybody individually because it's lots and lots of different monologues from lots of different people. So we've been having sessions, one-to-one sessions with uh, the actors and the singers, and we're not actually bringing everybody together until the week before the performance. So when we finally bring everybody together as a full cast and ensemble, it's going to be the first time any of these actors have heard the other people's stories. It's going to be the first time they've heard the music. It's going to be the first time that they've... You know, they've seen what mine and Chrissy's vision is, which uh, I think is going to be a real challenge. And but it's going to make sure that their reactions and their interactions are completely genuine. Um, and you know, there might be some surprises in there too. You never know. I think it's bound to be at that rate. It, it, it's a poignant piece from all accounts. Then is it? Is it uplifting? Would you say at the end? Because clearly it's, it's dealing with, with uh, as you say, with the AIDS epidemic, with people who who lost their lives. Is it, is it something that leaves you feeling pensive, or does leave you feeling upbeat? Do you feel? So, like with any good musical, it it ends with the most beautiful finale number, um, which everybody's involved with, and it's massively uplifting. We were very fortunate to be asked to perform that song called "Learning to Let Go" um, at Pride this year. Uh, which went down incredibly well um, and everybody said that it was hugely uplifting um, but I think some of not only the music is, is uplifting but some of the stories as well obviously there are some stories that are, are massively traumatic but even some of the sad stories 
have uh, messages of hope and inspiration and and friendship and love and i think that is what is so beautiful about this piece um at the forefront of the kind of popular culture at the moment is um it's a sin you know with ollie alexander mm. that was hugely popular and although it was about you know these this horrendous time in our history and obviously you know for for, for me and you it's in our you know, we can remember when that happened. I remember the big, scary sure. advert with the, the tombstone that was Coming falling down, down. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, don't die of ignorance and all that sort of stuff. And I remember being terrified as a child. And so I think that for the people that are learning about it now, you know, the sort of younger generation. God, I sound old, don't I? <laughs> But I'm for, saying nothing. <laughs> but for the people that are coming up now, especially in, in the theatre world, um, you know, the AIDS virus nowadays is is very different mm. to how it was back in the 80s. There's a lot more education about it now, whereas, you know, in the 1980s, and this is very apparent in our show as well, people didn't, some people didn't even want to touch you. They didn't even want to breathe the same air as you because there was no education around how it was transmitted Um or how to cope with it or you know there were all these clinical trials yes of course but we didn't understand the virus to the extent that we do now um and chrissy and i've been speaking to people that have been that were around in those in the in those days we were around in those days but we were kids yeah, yeah. people that actually lived through it and experienced um you know the the mania that was around in in those days and so I hope that when people leave the theatre, they'll see how far, how far we've come in our attitudes, um, in our society, um, and just in how open-minded we are about, uh, you know, not only the AIDS virus, but the, also the queer community. Hmm. Um, and we're really excited about that. And we hope that, um, we hope to inspire the next generation. Absolutely. So, so without giving too much away from what you're saying then, uh, monologues and the music, what are, uh, and the sort of the music as well coming in, these numbers. So it's not a sort of a a linear storyline, as it were, going going through the. Not at all. Line. No, it's it's not a linear storyline. I mean, we see some. Um, so the the singers have almost a linear. They're a bit like the narrators, I suppose, and people come in and out of their lives. They're connected to some of the characters. Um, so we have some storylines that we've threw out, um, but really it's about, it's like a patchwork quilt, which is how it's supposed mm. to be put together. Yeah. It's also very yeah. challenging for the actors because they are telling the audience about the most life-changing experience and events of their lives, but they've only got a page or two pages of dialogue to do it, which is really unusual for an actor. They usually have a whole script where people are perhaps giving clues about about their character by what they say um by what they're saying about other characters but there's none of that there's none of that they absolutely have to draw the inspiration from the words that are on the page um and that just shows how incredibly well written it is as well balakameen studio theater then uh 24th to the 26th of november okay tickets are available from the studio theater.im and yes it is very strictly limited we're only doing three performances and for anybody that's been to the balakameen studio theater they know that there is limited yeah, space it's not available the gaiety, so there's a, no. no so there is limited space available and uh you know 
when and if it sells out, <laughs> you'll be you'll be sad that you didn't pre-book your tickets. <laughs> That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where you want. Why not try it on a unicycle? Drop me a line with any artistic thoughts or ideas. You know the address. Howard Kane at maxradio.com. Spotlight at maxradio.com. Stay creative. I'll see you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio.